So about what percentage of the school population do you think is white? I think maybe about a hundred percent eighty percent is white I'll say a good probably like twenty I mean no white no, I mean seventy percent seventy five eighty what percent do you think is black it's like around ten or so five percent twenty percent what percentage do you think of the student population here is Jewish Jewish yeah I feel like that's not like a covered topic but Two percent. Mm, I think it's a fair amount of people, but I don't think they're just public about it. Have you ever it. met a Jewish person that you know of? Mm-mm. Probably. I probably talk to them every day. I just don't know. Facts. Yeah. Like, I mean, just like they said, probably run into them, talk to them, but like, I just don't think they're public about being Jewish, or they're like, oh, they're around being like, I'm a Jewish person. I'm Natalie Turner, and I'm Isabella Devins, and I kind of decided to call this unother. I don't know if I told you about this. How did but, you come up with that? Um, so instead of like another, like A-N-O-T-H-E-R. U-N. A, yeah, U-N. Because we're trying to write about and talk about and talk to people who have been in some way forgotten, othered, right? So I hope it's not like too nerdy. To, no, I like it. I dig it. it. So basically, as the intro might have implied, this first episode is about people on campus who do not have a lot of representation. They don't have a student group, or maybe there are student groups they could kind of fit into, but they they don't quite, you know, the box isn't fully checked. You didn't fully complete the Scantron, whatever metaphor you want to use here. It's like to a, a certain extent, they have to sacrifice part of their identity to fit into another exactly that's such a good way of putting it and the first group that kind of caught my eye and i will admit i'm biased because my husband is a part of this group is the jewish community which we kind of have we have jews but we don't have community necessarily so we're going to talk about that So the history of Jews on WKU's campus is kind of shrouded in mystery at this point. And by that I mean you kind of have to dig to find out what's really going on here. If you try Googling the keywords WKU, Jew, Western Kentucky University, and so on, one of the first results is going to say JewishNashville.org, and it looks promising. The website says Western does have a Jewish student organization, and that that's what it's called. It even lists a phone number and a contact, Brian Carson. But if you try to find any information on Brian Carson, Google his name associated with WKU, all you'll find is a forgotten staff page. And if you click on that forgotten staff page, you'll get error, 404 page not found. And what I found is that just because there's not a Jewish student organization doesn't mean they're not Jews. Actually, being Jewish was how I I almost found out Santa wasn't real. That's Sarah Walters. She goes to WKU, and would you believe it, she's Jewish. I am a second semester freshman at WKU. I am 19, originally from Louisville, Kentucky. 
my mother is Jewish. My father is a agnostic Roman Catholic. My first grade teacher pulled aside all of the Jewish kids and all of the Muslim kids in my elementary school. And I think she wanted to make sure we weren't going to tell any of the other kids Santa wasn't real. The only thing is all of the kids came from like divided households, most of which were either Christian or Catholic. So they also celebrated Christmas and believed in Santa Claus. So she pulls us all aside. We're all gathered and she goes, okay, guys, you can't tell the other kids the truth about Santa Claus. And we're all just looking her dead in the eye and we're like, what? <laughs> what do you, is, is something wrong with him? Is he okay? Does he need help? Can, can we help him? It sounds like you had at your school in elementary school, you mm-hmm. had like an appreciable amount of people who were oh yeah who were either Jewish or um, we at least not entirely Christian. Yeah, we were a what's called a Waldorf school, so we were like rural fancy. We were essentially had the commodities of a private school without the private school classification. So we had a lot of international students. We had a lot of like different religious sectors, uh, and going into middle and high school. I didn't really get a lot of that, especially because so I didn't a Waldorf really start school to... in Louisville sounds like a pretty good place for a Jewish kid to grow up. But Sarah told me she didn't really come into her Jewishness until she was older, and then she embraced it. You did Rosh Hashanah on campus, yes, um, and, and it was weird. Is that the word you used? Yeah, because <laughs> uh, Rosh Hashanah is essentially the Jewish New Year, where it isn't like other new year like you celebrate that the year's over and all that it's this is your last chance to atone for everything and get good with god which is you are not allowed to leave the house if you're in temple you're not allowed to leave the temple no food no water from sundown the night before to sundown the day of i remember i emailed all of my professors i was like hey this is what's happening uh if I can at all skip your class, I would be really appreciative. I understand this isn't really something you usually have to take into account. And all of my professors were fine, except for one. So I walked in and he said he did research on Rosh Hashanah and was so apologetic the entire day. And it was so sweet. And he was like, I don't want you to like have to like atone for your sins again. And I was like, it's fine. I'm sure. I'm sure God will be okay if if it's so. I get a good grade on my final exam. You're, you're all right, dude. Chill out. Being from Louisville, we are like one of the bigger cities in Kentucky. It's still a city in Kentucky, so there's not a huge Jewish population, and there's still a little, maybe a couple more uh, more backwards people than we like to admit, who maybe aren't that well taken with the Jewish people. I work at a Target. It was during Christmas time, and Target has, a, like most stores during Christmas time, has a small little section for, like, all the Hanukkah stuff. And this dude, he walks up to me. He's got, like, his Christmas sweater on. I'm wearing a Christmas sweater because, like, I, I love Christmas. I will listen to Christmas carols, like, after Thanksgiving. I, I'm ready to roll. But I'll celebrate Hanukkah. And he walks up to me, Christmas sweater on, Christmas tree ornaments, whole nine yards. And I'm like, oh, hey, like, how's it going? Blah, 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 blah. And he goes... Why do you, why do you have all that Hanukkah stuff over there? Like, why do, why do you have all that? I think it was like, why do you have all that Jewish stuff? And I was just like, I froze for like a solid minute. I was like, is this going to be an anti-Semitic thing? Or is this going to be like a thing thing? I don't know how to deal with this. I think the biggest fight I ever got in was, it was something Trump said. He, a little while ago, called a 
Jewish reporter, Sleepy-Eyed, which is a lesser known, essentially slur for the Jewish people. And I was like up in arms. I was so mad. And everyone thought I was getting like really worked up because he hasn't, he had insulted a journalist and that's what I want to be. And I was like, no, you don't, you don't understand like the half of it. Like that's, that's not like, don't get me wrong. I'm still a little mad because of that. But like, there are so many more layers. In Bowling Green, we really don't have anything. There was a student Jewish union on campus. There are two temples, supposedly. I There's supposed to be one somewhere like way out that I can only find a Facebook page for and like no actual location. Uh, and then there's a temple for Messianic Judaism. It is a branch of Judaism that worships Jesus as the Messiah instead of Moses. So for someone who has faced prejudice for that label, for someone who has had relatives who were like killed in the Holocaust who have faced prejudice for hundreds of years, it does tick me off a little bit that this religion that was created in like the 70s, if I remember right, I did a little bit of research on it, was created in the 70s, is suddenly trying to like claim that and try and be affiliated with it. Uh, best outcome would be an organization like, like it doesn't need a leader, it doesn't need a formal room, but just a place where when it's time for satyrs, when it's time for prayers when I just need a place to where I can talk about my religion and not be like accosted with questions I can go and I can be there and I can find people who will be able to relate or be able to give me to advice or be able to just sit and eat some masa ball soup with and chill out for a second as I listened to Sarah talk I started to get the sense that what she really wanted was community, a sense of togetherness, a sense of belonging, uh, a connection to the campus where she's going to spend like four years-ish. And as of right now, there's not a group for Jewish students like Sarah where she can kind of get that. At Western Kentucky University, the Queer Student Union has the Queer Student Union. The Christians have campus ministries. But there is no Jewish student organization. The other thing that we discovered is that some people don't really fit into one box as squarely as they feel like they maybe should. Okay. Um, I'm Alex Cox. I'm 18. I'm from Louisville. And I am a journalism major with a minor in graphic design. Alex is queer. I am. And I'm also a Christian, which is a little dicey. Back in Louisville... Alex kind of bounced around various religious groups and ended up in an evangelical church that actually took pretty well to both sides of her identity. But now that she's on campus, she's had kind of a harder time, and not just on the Christian end of the spectrum. I tried to join the Queer Student Union here on campus, and I honestly felt a little alienated because of my Christianity, so I find that it's hard to find groups that accept both sides of uh, my personality, because I guess... There's just a stigma surrounding being queer and religious, and it's just not normal, per se. There's actually a student who used to go here. I, th I think he dropped out, but he genuinely got angry with me because he thought that 
he had a bad experience with Christianity, so he genuinely got angry with me about being a Christian and queer, and I felt unsafe in that sense that, like, I was getting ridiculed for what I believe in and who I am. I've been looking for Christian groups, so I've been trying to find people who are, like, not super conservative, and I haven't had any luck considering this is Southern Kentucky, so... Um, Have you ever heard the term intersectionality, perhaps? I've heard it, but I don't, I'm not entirely sure what it is. Yeah. I guess. Okay, so this is the part where I did a somewhat okay job of explaining intersectionality to Alex, but I don't have to do that now. I'm pre-recording, so I'm going to borrow from ywboston.org. Here's what the Oxford Dictionary defines intersectionality as. It is a noun. And it means the interconnected nature of social categorizations such as race, class, and gender, regarded as creating overlapping and interdependent systems of discrimination or disadvantage, a theoretical approach based on such a premise. I guess a more visual way of putting this is to say that if you are a white man, you can still be affected by generational poverty. If you're a black man, maybe you can still be affected by generational wealth. Things are going to hit different people in different ways because no one has just one part of a personality. And if I'm hearing Alex correctly, it kind of sounds like some of the organizations on campus are having a hard time getting past that textbook definition of what a member of their group should be. As far as like my youth group and my church experiences went, I got a lot of uh, we will tolerate your queerness and I was like I don't really want you to tolerate me I kind of want you to accept me I thought about starting a Bible study group for people who might feel like they can't go to other ones so like um, people who are like Christian and Middle Eastern or people who are Christian and black or people who are queer and Christian and like things like that that aren't really available on this campus Like, the Black Student Union here on campus accepts a lot of people who come in and just want to support. Like, they're not going to come to every meeting, like, and that's understandable. But, like, I remember they did something for Black History Month in DSU, and this kid in my biology course stood up, and he was like, I don't care what you look like, I don't care what you believe in, like, please come to this and show that you support us. And I thought that that was really powerful. And I see that the Queer Student Union and other student unions aren't exactly doing that. Like, they aren't exactly standing up and being like even if you are straight cisgender and like religious you can still support the lgbt community so in summary i think we've learned that groups on campus should probably keep their eyes open for people who don't that aren't going to be the perfect queer person or the perfect christian or or things like that There definitely needs to be space for everybody, and I think Western kind of has the responsibility to give their students the best opportunity in their both academic fields and extracurriculars. It's kind of interesting to me. um, Alex, when we were talking, had mentioned how the Black Student Alliance doesn't just talk to Black people. Um, They do ask, you know, that you support them and like what? like you know they're they're cookout they're about to have i think it's may 2nd 
So I'm so sorry if you're listening to this and it's past like May 2nd because you won't get to go to this cookout. That's probably about to be amazing. But, it probably will be. Yeah. But but it seems like um, a lot of these groups would benefit from some communication with one another um, because a lot of them, it doesn't sound like they're like opposed to one another. So maybe they should start working together. And to a certain extent, it's sounding like a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds are all in the same boat. So why not coalesce and possibly work together? That's the word, coalesce. Maybe that should be the name of this episode. I think I'm going to keep that, TBH. So. Coalesce. All right, thanks for listening to this first episode. I'm Natalie Turner. And I'm Isabella Devins. Unother is written, edited, and produced by Natalie Turner, Tajane Muldrow, and Isabella Devins. Special thanks to Sarah Walters, Renisha Gaucher, Alex Cox, Matt Davis, and Leah Ashwell. Music appears courtesy of Looperman and Archive.org. A full list of artists is available in this episode's description. Another is made in conjunction with Revolution 91.7 and Western Kentucky University's Department of Diversity and Community Studies. In our next episode, has anyone said something to you, and I, I hate to even say this, but has anyone said something like, don't fight fire with fire? Yes, so many times. 